What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into My Guys in the Desert. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. I'll be hanging out with you for the next hour here live in beautiful downtown Las Vegas at our VSIN studio at Circus Sportsbook. Happy Wednesday. I know. I'm certainly pretty happy that I did end up last night pulling the trigger on Middle Tennessee State to cover. They're the best covering team in the NCAA. I don't know why I ever even doubted it. And I'm especially glad I did because that hidden gem of taking the over was nothing but a big fat lump of coal. It's not even Christmas. I did nothing wrong. Why is this happening to me? Very unhappy that that didn't work out. It was also a wild night in the NHL yesterday. We saw the Avs and Maple Leafs both getting upset. Our power play, though, of Vancouver did come through and shout out Elias Pettersson. Um, we talked about that potential anytime point, anytime assist. He had a pair of helpers in the win against the Kraken. We'll talk some more hockey as well as college hoops when Jeff Ulrich joins the show uh, at the end of the hour. He's a wonderful fantasy betting analyst over at DraftKings. We'll also go behind the book with Johnny Avello like we always do on a Wednesday. And our girl Ariel Epstein get us set for the second half of the NBA season post the All-Star break as games get set to go again on Thursday. See some futures. See where she sees some value. Uh, but let's get rolling with our top five things you need to know. Things that impact us as betters. And we will start in college hoops because disciplinary action did come down yesterday from the Big Ten for Michigan head coach Juwan Howard. He suspended five days. The remainder of the Wolverines regular season fined $40,000 following that handshake line fiasco after their game with Wisconsin Badgers head coach Greg Gard also fined $10,000 but not suspended. Additionally Michigan forwards Terrence Williams and Musa Diabate as well as Wisconsin guard Jacoby Neath all suspended for one game for their actions. The news comes in terrible time though for Michigan a 14 and 11 team on the bubble five games remaining against current tournament or bubble teams themselves. Rutgers, Illinois, Michigan State, Iowa, and Ohio State. Howard will be back, however, for the league tournament in Indy beginning on March 9th. 14 to 1 odds here at Circa to win the tourney. 77 to 1 national championship odds for the Michigan Wolverines. We'll see if they end up getting in. Uh-oh, do we have another beautiful mystery on our hands? Maybe, maybe not. Two-time reigning NFL MVP Aaron Rodgers said on the Pat McAfee show today he doesn't want people to overreact to his late-night Instagram post. I mean, too late. You know how we are as media, but I digress. He said there will be no decision on his future today. For anybody that hasn't heard, Rodgers posted a lengthy, cryptic message on Instagram. Monday night gratitude. He thanked his ex, or maybe not ex, fiance Shailene Woodley, expressed his appreciation for a number of coaches, past and present teammates, friends. Won't read it to you, but it gave off serious will he won't he leave Green Bay or retire vibes. He just said he finished a 12-day cleanse. His gratitude for the people in his life. Packers plus 600 to win the NFC next year, 14 to 1 for Super Bowl 57. As you see on your screen, DraftKings has some odds out there for where Rodgers will play next. Green Bay, your odds on minus 250 favorite, followed by the Broncos, where his former OC Nathaniel Hackett, the new head coach, 49ers there, plus 800 with Jimmy G expected to be on his way out. 12 to 1, both the Steelers, Sands, Big Ben, and the Colts with Carson Wentz contract talks. 
always ongoing TBD what happens there. It would not be an offseason without Aaron Rodgers drama. We love it. Meanwhile, more cryptic messages on social media, this time coming from Cleveland. And our guy Jarvis Landry, a part of a series of tweets this morning, he said he's put the ball in Cleveland's court by telling them he would like to stay. But if not, quote, I'm confident enough in myself to be a better healthy me this year and moving forward, helping to do my part in winning a championship elsewhere. Good to note, Landry is a former teammate both in college and the NFL and best friends with OBJ, who left Cleveland, won a ring in L.A. this year. Landry did struggle with injuries throughout the 2021 season, career lows in receptions, yards, and touchdowns in his 12 games plays. Not a free agent, but no guaranteed money left on his deal. Cleveland as a team, 28-1 to to win next year's Super Bowl, 16-1 to in the AFC, and plus 310 to win the AFC North. So much news in the NFL today. As we continue to roll on, are, are the Giants all in on Daniel Jones? The new GM of the team, Joe Shane, said to the New York Post, he doesn't want to purge the roster because, quote, we still want to find out what Daniel Jones can do. We want to find out what Saquon can do. Not to give too much opinion here, but Barkley's been in the league for four years. Um, you know, he has been dealing with various injuries. There you go. Jones in the NFL for three, a 12 and 25 record, his three seasons as a starter. There are odds out there for Jones to take the first snap for the Giants next year. Minus 500 to be the guy, plus 340 for any other quarterback. The Giants 80 to 1 to win next year's Super Bowl, bottom five in the league as expected. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler said many around the league expect the Saints to bring back Jameis Winston for 2022. I told y'all when we talked about this last week, there was some potential value on the board there. Winston did prove to be a viable starting option for the Saints before he tore his ACL in November. 14 touchdowns, three picks. The Saints started the year five and two. Um, the team does also keep a lot of its coaching staff intact despite Sean Payton's departure, which points to a potential shot for Winston to start. Fowler said the offensive coordinator knows how to use Winston and can maximize his skill set. Jameis Winston there, plus 340 to take that first snap in New Orleans. Any other quarterback, minus 500 at that NGM. And I like that bet. You see those Instagram workout videos? He's getting it. Teammates love him. I could see it. That's our top five. Um, but I, I got this NFL train rolling. I think we should continue with it. Uh, my producer, Stephanie Kamershack, and I were talking about a number of teams around the National Football League that were awful last year, ended up losing their division. But who has potential to go from worst to first so today we're going to dive in a little bit we'll probably I think we'll probably only have time for the AFC we can do the NFC another day we'll see how far we get through but let's get started let's start with the absolute bottom of the barrel why not the New York Jets in the AFC East 30 to 1 worst to for me I think this is a worst to still worst or potentially second to worst situation but absolutely not first I'm sorry for any of you Jets fans out there if you still exist or you still agree to Admit that they're your team. I, I love Robert Sala. I love Zach Wilson. I want there to be success there in that deal. I just don't really think it's possible. The Jets have not secured a single win within their division over the last two seasons. The last time they beat another team in the AFC East was December 29th, 2019. Um, this past year, their games against the Bills, who are, by the way, your odds-on favorite to win the division, as expected at minus 225. Jets, as I said, down there, 30-1. to um, the Bills outscored them in their two meetings, 72-27. The Patriots outscored them in their two meetings this past year, 79-19. And they lost each game against Miami by a touchdown. And we know how up and down that season was for the Dolphins this year. While I do think they have a lot of room for growth uh, in the next year, 
Like I said earlier, I really like Zach Wilson. He's got a full NFL season under his belt now, ideally getting healthy after the late season injury. I just, I just don't see it happening. God bless you if you do. In the a AFC North, let's move on. This is one where I think we do have a lot of potential. Ravens plus 225 to win the AFC North. They were on the outside looking in, obviously, last year's playoffs. This one's very possible. Second best odds behind the Bengals. Well, obviously, so this is where I take the comparison. It was obviously an incredible year for Cincinnati last year. This is a team in Cincinnati that had a combined six wins their previous last two years go on to have a run for the Super Bowl this year. So my thought is there's twofold. It's like, one, okay. How much of that can you carry over for the Ravens at least? How much of, of the Bengals success can carry over into another year? And then part two of that is if the Bengals can do it, why, why can't we? Why can't the Ravens? They dealt with a rash of injuries at a lot of potential, uh, a lot of important positions last year. We knew the running back depth was going to be tested before the season even started. So with J.K. Dobbins back in the picture, healthy, you're automatically getting upgraded on the back end. Lamar Jackson, stay healthy enough to be the dynamic MVP caliber player we know that you're capable of. Heck, our girl Ariel Epstein, who's going to come on the show later, has a futures bet out on Baltimore already to win the Super Bowl. So if she believes it, why can't I? Looking at the division as a whole, Cleveland, we know struggling. Pittsburgh, I know what we talked about on the show yesterday um, with their GM coming out and saying that, you know, Mason Rudolph, if the season started now, he'd be our guy. He's not their guy. Um, but where things sit right now, I like it. They also play the NFC South this, this coming year, um, likely to have a down year. I like the Ravens a lot. AFC South, Jaguars 14 to 1. That's going to be another no for me, dog. There's just too there's just too much that this team has to figure out over time. I love the Doug Peterson hire. I hope that that he and Trevor Lawrence come together, make this thing work over time. You know, Lawrence certainly can't lead the league in interceptions again, but the culture immediately we know is going to be very different than it was with Urban Meyer. This group's been through it though, and I mean Three wins this year, none the year before. It's a roster that's very devoid of difference makers. Um, it's a relationship that needs to be built up throughout the team. I just personally don't see it. In terms of where they could sit in the division, um, Titans, your minus 130 favorite here. Texans at the bottom, actually, 22 to 1. Um, but see, this is kind of an interesting thing. So Colts, they're second on the board. Very good team. They just needed an answer at quarterback, right? But the Texans, they're depending on what happens with this Deshaun Watson situation, they could have a full slate of draft picks, right? I mean, they could get extra assets. We don't know what's going to happen there, but that trade seems inevitable. Um, we'll have to see what happens with the Deshaun Watson situation, obviously. Jacksonville hasn't seen a division title in 20 years, and I don't think they do in 2022. Last one here in the AFC West, the Broncos plus 450. This is where things are getting interesting again here. Another team with the head coaching change. The AFC West, we know, is, is a gauntlet. The thing that steers me away from the Broncos, although if they get a quarterback, I think that there's some real potential here to, for things to get wild, for this to be a division that just beats each other up. But what I didn't realize until I was looking into my research this morning is how bad the series history is with Denver and KC. Nathaniel Hackett inherits a 13-game losing streak to the Chiefs who have all these division titles. Then you've got the Chargers and Justin Herbert looking for a breakout year. The Raiders, who I know have had a tumultuous season, but for whatever reason can come out there and beat anybody. Um, 
They also have to face the NFC West as we're looking at their schedule. Touch uh, Tough bounce. You got San Francisco, Arizona, L.A. You do get the Jets and Panthers. Um, but the Broncos have so much potential. I love that defense. Um, if I'm super honest, though, that plus 450 number, it's the same for the Chargers. And I might actually put a flyer out on that one before I win them. But who knows? That's going to do it for our NFL talk. When we come back, it's Taco Tuesday. It's also Hot Take Tuesday. So we'll measure out the heat of some hot takes. And Ariel Epstein joins us to talk NBA. Listening to my guys in the desert with Stormy Bonantoni on v the sports betting network. Welcome back to my guys in the desert. If you want some more NBA insight, make sure to check out the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. v senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel looks at all the angles for the games to determine who's playing, what kind of situation the team's in, every aspect of the matchup. There's tons of great opportunities in betting the NBA on a nightly basis during the regular season. It's a massively fun league with the greatest athletes on the planet, and we can make some money on it thanks to JBT. Hardwood Handicappers, the podcast is free. It's available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. While you're there, you can catch up on every vcin show as well. And if you've heard of this one, My Guys in the Desert, take a listen. Download it on your own schedule. Also, I know today everybody's talking about it. Two, 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 Tuesday. More importantly on this program, it is hot take Tuesday. So let's get it rolling. And we will start in the NBA as our handy dandy producer Stephanie has some hot takes for us to determine the level of heat. Luka Doncic, 10 to 1, will finish as the NBA scoring leader now that Porzingis has been dealt. I actually don't think that's too hot. I think this is kind of a warm one, right? Because Luka was averaging before the trade around 26 points per game. Porzingis just around 20. Lucas essentially just picked up all those points, at least so far. Small sample size, but put up 45 or more points in three of his four games since the trade, which included, by the way, a career-high 51-point night against the Clippers. He hadn't hit that 45-point mark once all season until this happened. Whether the media talk about them is true, not liking each other, whether or not, if it is true, maybe he's just a happier guy. So I could see it. Joel Embiid right now leads the league at 29.6 points per game. And I think 30, maybe 30 plus sounds about right for Luka. Don't call me crazy. Second one here, Tom Brady will be the 49ers quarterback next season. As much as I would love it, you guys know I would love it. Too hot. I dream about this daily, but it's just not going to happen. I think that he's really hanging it up personally. And Colin Cowherd, I was listening to him this morning. He actually put it really well. This whole thing with his retirement has just been a little bit clunky. This is the most calculated, prepared guy we've seen in all of sports. And this stuff comes out the way that it does. Will he, won't he with his situation in Tampa? I just don't like it. I think he's hanging him up for real as much as I don't want to believe it after he had such a great season and would be wonderful with my team. Last one, UNLV will win the Mountain West Conference 400 to one. Absolutely not too hot. Um, the regular season title ain't happening. If we want to get a little bit crazy though, and actually not so crazy based on where I've seen a lot of numbers moving, the Mountain West tournament could be an opportunity for the running Rebels. Um, they've gotten healthier at the right time. Bryce Hamilton having an explosive late season surge. They've won three of their last four games. They just knocked off a Rams team by an incredible rate, held them to 34.6% from the field, a team that was eighth in the country in offensive efficiency. They're also 11-3 and at the Thomas and Mack, where I know it's not technically your home court because Mount West brings in their own court, but they're playing at home. I like it. They went from 28-1 to last week 
12 to 1 this morning. Now I see it at plus 750 here at Zerker for them to win the tournament. So other people think so too. Let's keep the fun rolling with our girl Ariel Epstein, host and betting analyst at Yahoo Sportsbook. Also does great work for NBA TV. How are you, Ariel? What's up, Stormy? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Great. Thank you for being here, as always. We still got a couple of days left before NBA action game-wise returns to play. So figured this would be a good spot to talk some futures, some awards market, see what teams are living up to books, expectations, which aren't. Maybe that's where we start. Cavs and Grizzlies, for example, two teams that have already eclipsed their preseason win totals with a whole lot of season left. Which other teams are maybe getting close or have no shot of reaching some of those marks? There are four teams that are getting close, probably will hit in the next month. Ooh. Chicago is at 42.5 for a win total. They're at 38. Golden State Warriors, 47.5. They're at 42. Minnesota, 33.5 wins. They're at 31. Lastly, Phoenix, 50.5 wins is their win total, and they're at 48. Stormy Phoenix is the one that's the most surprising, considering this is a team that had playoff experience, and yet they were still underestimated by the books, nearly going over their win total by the halfway point. Yeah, I remember watching the NBA Finals last year and everybody saying, oh, well, if they're going to win, this is probably their window. This is probably the only time. Look what they've done. So how do you like the Suns' chances in the West? It seems kind of like a, a two-horse race right now, but of course there is this Chris Paul situation lingering a little bit as well with his injury. Yeah, I really like Phoenix. They are the team that's currently in plus money. The, the Golden State Warriors are the favorites to win the West. I'm not going to go bet a favorite just because it's the futures market and you've got to look for some value. I see the Phoenix Suns still getting better. Now, of course, the loss of Chris Paul is huge for the next few weeks. Hopefully the Suns can get good at the right time. And that's why I would say to wait this one out. Do not bet this now. If the Suns do fall off a tad, you're going to get some more value on Phoenix without Chris Paul. If it is, I mean, he is the team leader. Last year, I remember in the playoffs when Chris Paul was banged up, the team said, we don't care if you can't do anything, just be on the floor to be our leader. That's how important Chris Paul is. If the Suns do tail off, you get some more value on Phoenix. If they don't necessarily have as strong of a first, a second half as they did in the first half, overall, Chris Paul should return for the playoffs. That said, I like the Phoenix Suns this year to go outside of the West. The Golden State Warriors have not been, they've been good and they've been one of the more solid teams. I just see Phoenix being a good team to go up against them in a Western Conference final. You know, I am a little bit confused, though, how Chris Paul still decided, hey, I'm just going to go out there in the All-Star game a little bit. Maybe I'll six to eight weeks. No worries. I'll still come out with one hand. It's fine. When you have that much experience, <laughs> I guess not all the fingers matter. No, I guess not. Um, what about uh, in the East? Who do you think for the Eastern Conference um, situation? And are you looking a little bit farther down the board? I'm looking a little bit further. Not too far, though. <laughs> the East is just all over the place. Anyone can go and take it. That's why the team with the most value looks like Miami at 10 to 1. You're seeing here in the standings, Miami is the number one team, and they still had so many injuries throughout the first half. They had three of their best players in Kyle Lowry, Bam Adebayo, and Jimmy Butler all miss at least two weeks of time in the first half. They still end up in the number one spot. Miami at 10 to 1 is undervalued. They have playoff experience. They have NBA Finals experience. That's why I look to them at 10 to 1. So like them in the East, like them to win that NBA title potentially? Yeah, I mean, well, that's the value. 10 yeah. to 1 was on the NBA that's what I was Finals, thinking, not that on number. the Eastern yep. Conference. Yeah, sorry, sorry about that. No, um, no, but Miami, just I would rather go take them to win the NBA Finals at 10 to 1 instead of the Eastern Conference. If you're going to okay. win the Eastern Conference, you're going to be in the NBA Finals. 
that means you've gotten a good hedge opportunity anyway if you are one of those people that likes to hedge. I'd rather go and try to hedge out of a 10-1 to ticket in the NBA Finals than I would trying to get a shorter line going into the Eastern Conference Finals. I gotcha. Who's your leader for league MVP right now? I know Joel Embiid's out there, the, the favorite, but there's talk about potentially James Harden taking away some of his numbers when it comes to on-the-court stats and things like that. Is it his locked up or who else do you think could be potential value? I hate this market, Stormy. <laughs> I hated it ever since, I don't know, two, three years ago. I hated it because last year you looked to LeBron James. Everyone was talking about how much he's going to lock it up. It's over. And it was all-star break. He got hurt. Didn't play enough games like Nikola Jokic. Same thing just happened this year. Look, everyone said Steph Curry, Steph Curry. Well, then he kind of tailed off. And now it's looking like Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic again. If Embiid stays healthy, this award is his. The Sixers also have to stay up there inside the top five. If the Sixers do go on to have a strong second half, even with the addition of James Harden, Embiid's still been the constant. He's the reason that this 76ers team is where they are. It's because he took this team on his back despite not having a strong number two behind him. Now he has that with Harden. The problem with Embiid is always about health. Jokic has proven durability. Embiid, not so much with that knee. Let's see if Embiid could stay healthy through the whole season. That's why I hate betting this market because it's all just based on injury storming. Yeah, no doubt. And with a guy like Embiid, you're dead on. It's so tough to put to put firm feeling in that. Any other uh, awards markets, though, that interest you? Coach of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved? The one that really shocks me is Most Improved. John Morant is the, fe- the favorite and pretty heavy favorite. Morant's supposed to be one of the best shooters in the league. Morant, yes, he's been extremely improved when it comes to his points. He's scored, what, eight to nine more points this year on average than he did last year. Definitely improved. The thing is, he's not someone that shocks me that's averaging just under 27 points per game. What shocks me is someone like Adarius Garland, who really stepped up for this Cavaliers team. He's the reason that the Cavaliers have gone over their win total. He's one of the main factors of taking on that true point guard role. He's he's brought up his points and his assist average by anywhere from about three points each. He's gone up in, in so many categories. He's the reason that the Cavs are playing well. John Morant just doesn't take me as someone that's improved. He's always been great. Someone like a Darius Garland, DeJounte Murray, those are players that really have made more of a name for themselves this year. See, that's why we bring you on. We need the inside scoop on these types of things, Ariel. One last thing before we let you go, only about 30 seconds, but I know we're going to come to you a lot when the MLB season does come back. What's your level of optimism about things getting started on time with regards to the regular season? On time, optimism is starting to dwindle. Maybe this week things pick up. I mean, we're already seeing it, that they're going back and forth in these meetings and they're taking it more seriously than they did previous weeks. On time's hard. I do believe, though, we will have a season. I'd be willing to bet that the season's going to happen. It's just a question of how many games do they play. Oh, fingers crossed sooner rather than later and things aren't cut down too much. Thank you so much. Appreciate the time as always. Thanks, Stormy. That's our girl, Ariel Epstein, betting analyst over at Yahoo Sportsbook, NBA TV, also on MLB Network when when baseball does come back. And when we come back, Vader follows some of the big public plays of the evening. And Johnny Avello of DraftKings Sportsbook joins the show. to my guys in the desert with Stormy Bonantoni on v the sports betting network.
already know you guys are super hungry for some college basketball insight. We got you covered. Check out the podcast Coast to Coast Hoops. Greg Hoops Peterson takes a look at every major and minor college basketball game on the upcoming schedule to find your best betting opportunities. Greg does an opinion on every single game of the season, and his podcast gives you his unique insights, looks for those games that have the solid betting opportunities. Download the Coast to Coast Hoops podcast now at vcin.com slash podcast wherever you get your podcast while you're there you can catch up on any vcin show as well it's really awesome download and listen on your own schedule as we welcome you back here to my guys in the desert i'm stormy bon and tony time for fade or follow taking a look at some of the major public plays coming up in college hoops and the nhl tonight we'll start with michigan state plus six at iowa tonight 88 percent of the handle 87 percent of bets back in the spartans and this is a follow for me i bet this this morning uh yes i know sparty has struggled lately uh but laying three buckets just feels a little bit steep for me it is five and a half now i think the books are just overestimating iowa a little bit after the road win at ohio state on saturday they're ripe for a letdown i like michigan state to keep this one close which they did in the second half against illinois 52 second half points and a five-point loss in that one. I think that they get the cover tonight. More in college hoops. We got a total play. Oklahoma State at Texas Tech over 130. 78% of the handle backing the over. This is a fade spot for me. When you can find Texas Tech's defense and Oklahoma's style of play, there's a lot to like, I think, with the under. The Red Raiders, number two in Ken Palm's adjusted defensive efficiency. Oklahoma ranks number 275 in possessions per game. Adding to that, it'll be the Sooners' first full game without Elijah Harkless, who's a key piece of their offense, averaging 10 points per game. He's out for the rest of the season with an undisclosed injury. Also, Oklahoma's dropped three straight games since they beat Texas Tech. I think the Red Raiders will be a little bit eager in this one to have a, a good game. Um, just a, that's not having to do with total. Just think you should know. In the NHL, lots of people back in the Blues money line at the hefty price, minus 230 at the Flyers. I elected to pass on this game personally. I did consider it, though, I'll tell you. On paper, St. Louis should handle the Flyers with these, right? They, they just beat the Leafs 6-3, won three of their last four games. Flyers on a five-game losing streak, lost 16 of their last 18. The reason that I was hesitant here was a combination of, like I said, the hefty price. And the Flyers have actually had some pretty close games lately, took the Pens and Hurricanes to overtime. And hockey's been weird this week. I said that off the top of the show. Avs and Leafs both getting unexpectedly stomped yesterday. I just stayed away. Last one, uh, Maple Leafs at Blue Jackets. People backing the over six and a half goals, 81% of the handle. It's, it's hard not to like. Columbus scored seven goals themselves the last two games. Uh, the Toronto D hasn't really done a whole lot. And we all know what a juggernaut they are offensively. Um, this is another one I, I, I did personally pass on yet, but I certainly understand the over here. Time to welcome in Director of Sportsbook Operations for DraftKings, Johnny Avello, like we do every Wednesday. How are you, Johnny? I'm good, Stormy. Thank you for asking. Great. Happy to have you on. And obviously, we saw a ton of news earlier today with Aaron Rodgers and his cryptic Instagram post. So I'm just curious, from the book's perspective, how do you guys handle getting this type of news? Like, do you take down odds? Are you willing to adjust numbers? Do you wait to see if people start betting? Like, what's your gut feeling to, hey, we're not going to overreact to this, but we do something? Or maybe you don't. Maybe that's the thing. Uh all of that, all of the above, Stormy. Uh, you know, if you go on our site, you'll see that we have Aaron Rodgers next team. Uh, we have him to stay put with the Packers at two to five, uh, followed by the Broncos and the 49ers and the Colts. 
Uh, we have two other quarterbacks up, too. We've got Deshaun Watson, where is he going, and Russell Wilson, where he's going. So everything you just mentioned is exactly how we have to react. We have to look at stories. Uh, we have to use gut feeling. Uh, and we certainly have to keep our ears open. So with regards to the Aaron Rodgers market specifically, I don't know if these offseason markets have a ton of people really get in on the action, but from the betting that you have seen so far, which team has taken some money in on Rodgers? We've seen him stay and put at, at the Packers. That pretty much has taken most of the money. Um, Broncos is the second choice at three to at plus three fifty seven to two. The rest of it hasn't seen much. Uh, so those are the two top choices, at least in our betters' minds. Yep, and that's why they're like that on your odds board, too, I'm sure. Um, we'll continue our football talk, but in a new league, the USFL draft happening today and tomorrow. When do you guys expect to get some odds up for that league? And you have experience with this, obviously, with the XFL. What type of handle, like how much people tend to actually bet this sport? Hey, Stormy, I've been through a lot of leagues in the spring. Uh, <laughs> So this is just another one coming on board. I like the format. You know, the eight teams, they're going to play each each other in the division twice. Um, you know, it's a total of, of I think, 40 games total. Uh, it, it's, it, it, look, it looks good on paper. Uh, we need the regulators. Now, we're still a, uh, pursuing regulator approval in all states. As soon as we receive that, okay. then we can start the process. We think we're going to get it in quite a few states. So we'll have the games up, the totals, the futures, uh, you know, all the core stuff. But, uh, you know, we, we, we need the regulators to give us the yes first. Very good to know. Also, just because you're talking about all the markets you guys are used to throwing up there, I forgot to tell you, we had uh, the commissioner of the American Cornhole League on and Phil Helmuth for ahead of the celebrity event they had here in Vegas. And we were throwing up the DraftKings odds. So cool that you guys are so diverse with all the different things you do. Yeah, we really like, you know, we started with Cornhole last year. Uh, it was only in a couple of states. Now it's in eight. Uh, so it's definitely doing better. It's on TV, national TV in a, in a lot of areas. And uh, it's, you know, it's grown already in its second year. So, yeah, we're always open to do some new things. And, uh, and we're happy with our relationship with the Cornhole guys. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, with regards to the NFL draft, it was interesting. We, we've seen some movement atop the board yet again. Aiden Hutchison has been the, the odds-on favorite there for the last however many weeks now, but no longer. Um, why is that? And are we going to see any other draft markets available for you guys? You're going to see a lot of uh, markets up on the draft. Uh, you know, right now we just got through with uh, football. Um, we're getting ready for conference tournaments and certainly the big uh, tournament. But we are working on that, and you'll see them up in the next couple of weeks. Awesome. Really exciting. Um, in the NBA, we just got off the, the horn there with Ariel Epstein talking about futures market, things like that, going ahead to the second half of the NBA season outside of the break. The Nets finally moved off that number one spot in the NBA championship market. Still obviously just behind the top teams there in the Warriors and the Suns, but what finally flipped the switch? Well, how about two and eight, last 10? Uh, they're within two games and not even making the playoffs. Now that's not going to happen because I think, you know, once they start getting – you know, concentrating on making the playoffs, they will, and they'll move up the ladder a little bit. But you know, they're they're making the road to get there 
very difficult. It's almost like, Stormy, it's an unpaved road. It's a road with gravel and big stones in it. They're just, uh, you know, they're, they're a long ways from getting where they want to get. Now, the East can be had, but the, you know, the West is very, very difficult. Yeah, it's going to be uphill sledding for sure, which certainly makes sense why you see the Suns and Warriors up there. With the MLB lockout going on, have you seen people staying away from the MLB futures market a little bit? Or what's your guys' approach been to baseball season coming up with all of the CBA question marks? No, it really doesn't start picking up, uh, you know, till around now through the next couple of weeks. Now, with that being said, we put up plenty of markets. If you go to our site, you know, you'll see Cy Young and hits leader and home run leaders and all of those other markets. We just don't have the the regular season wins up yet because we we want to be sure we're knowing how many games they're going to play. But, um, you know, things will pick up over the next couple of weeks for baseball. But we need those guys to say, yes, they're going to play to really have the throttle at full crank. No doubt. And I'm sure I, I know it's frustrating for us as betters, but got to be equally as frustrating for you guys as you try to get all those markets out there and set. Um, is this going to be another situation? We saw Stephanie threw up the graphic there with the Dodgers being the, the favorite already early to win next year's World Series. Is that just something that happens every single year, no matter what, no matter who's on the team, Dodgers and Yankees are going to be up top? Yeah, well, no matter who's on the team, but it's always a good team, right? I mean, the Dodgers are always loaded. Uh, yeah, the Dodgers are grabbing a lot of money. The Yanks are grabbing a lot of money. White Sox are about the fourth choice. But the Mets, the Mets have taken more money than any other team. Double to the closest team there, them. Um, now, if you're looking for an outsider, Stormy, I'll tell you one team is the uh, the Angels have taken a little bit of money. Trout's back, hopefully healthy. They're, uh, you know, they're they're taking them at about 30, I think you're 30 or 5 to 1 or so. So that's the one outsider that's getting money except your the normal stays. Really good stuff as always, Johnny. Appreciate the time. Have a great day. Thanks, Storm. That's our guy, Johnny Avello, DraftKings Sportsbook Operations. Plenty more still to come here on My Guys in the Desert. When we come back, we're wrapping things up with our guy, Jeff Ulrich, also of DraftKings Fantasy and Betting Specialist Analyst. We'll give my official picks for the evening, but he's going to talk hockey. He's going to talk golf. We got it all covered for you. Don't go anywhere. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. With Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. As we wrap up the hour here on My Guys in the Desert, this segment brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, no batteries to charge, or leaky equipment to deal with. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 different varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, many more. Plus, for your convenience, every variety comes in two strengths as well, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that works for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide so it's never been easier to find your zin head on over to zin.com slash find to locate a store near you that's zyn.com slash find warning this product contains nicotine nicotine is an addictive chemical time for my bets of the evening in taken by storm e 
We still need to workshop that name. We will figure it out. Starting with the one I already told you about earlier, Michigan State plus six tonight against Iowa, like I mentioned. Iowa potentially overvalued a bit here in position for a little letdown after beating Ohio State. Arkansas, pick them. I am so high on Eric Musselman's squad right now. And talk about letdown. They're playing Florida, who just beat Auburn. People are going to be so intoxicated from that win, they forget about the loss to Texas A&M a game before. Hogs are playing lockdown defense right now. Since January 12th, number one in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency. Gators struggle from three, defensively a middle-of-league team. Woo, pig, suey, are Arkansas, my SDSU Aztecs fight taking on Boise State tonight. This is a hold your nose play like our friend Tim Murray likes to say. I'm betting the under 121 here makes me a little sick to my stomach. Just a baby bet here. When these two met earlier this season, 42-37 final. No, that is not a halftime score. Situationally, things are a little bit different. San Diego State, that was their first game coming out of a COVID break. We talked to Jim Root about this yesterday. Boise State, it was their fifth game in 10 days. But these are still the top two teams defensively in the Mountain West Conference. SDSU statistically, the top team in defensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. Uh, as much as I love my Aztecs, they've always been allergic to the hoop. So we go with there. And then the last one, um, we're going with a little bit of hockey action here. I have the Florida Panthers to win in regulation over the Preds and the over six and a half goals. Also, Sharks Ducks over five and a half. With regards to the Panthers, though, this is the same thing I was telling you guys about Calgary the other day. Every opportunity that I have to bet this team, I'm going to right now until they do me dirty. They have just been playing such good hockey. This team leads the league with 4.12 goals per game. Their totals have gone over that six and a half goal mark in eight of their last 11 games. And tonight they're at home where they're 23 and three. Take my money and then give me more. That is the goal. Um, as we look to win some more bets today, let's bring in our guy Jeff Ulrich of DraftKings betting and fantasy analyst at the Fantasy Grind on Twitter. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great. Thanks a lot for having me back home, man. Yes, of course. I, I always need a hockey insight, and you are my guy, so I appreciate it so much. Any feeling on those two games that I just mentioned, though, whether it's the Panthers-Preds game or the Ducks-Sharks one tonight? Right, yeah. No, I mean, I definitely like the Ducks tonight, um, just straight up on the money line. I, I think that they're just probably being a little bit undervalued. They're a bit more of a public bet, but Anthony Stular is starting in net. He's actually been really good. Uh, this year's also got a .930 save percentage at home. Uh, the Ducks are pretty healthy up front. They're coming off a 7-4 win against Vancouver. The Sharks just can't score. Uh, I, I could see, like, if you like the over in this one, too, like, I, I would almost bet the, the Ducks team total, like, over three and a half or something, because I think they could almost get the over here by themselves. So I do like the Ducks tonight on the money line straight up. Yeah, they did just put up seven by themselves on Vancouver, didn't they? So yeah. it makes sense. that That's why I like the total, because... I just will have to see what happens, but the Sharks have been just such a wonky team. Um, any props that you like tonight? I feel like that's always a fun one that you're able to get in on. Yeah, I mean, look, we, we got a seven total with, with Columbus and Toronto, so we got to talk about that game a little <laughs> bit. But, I mean, there, there's a couple different props from that game I could get behind. I mean, Austin Matthews is minus 120 on the DraftKings Sportsbook just to score an assist, just an assist. He's got 10 assists over his last 11 games, so I really don't mind that one at all. The one I think I really like the most, though, is Gustav Nyquist to score a point, plus 100 just to score a point. Again, he's got 10 points in his last 10 games. He's playing over 17 minutes a night, uh, getting tons of power play opportunities still. I mean, this guy's still getting it done. Mm -hmm. and, and look, the Blue Jackets have averaged 4.8 goals over the last six games. Normally, you say, oh, well, it's a matchup with Toronto, Jeff. This is scary. It's not scary. Jack Campbell's got a .880 save percentage over his last 10 games. Jake Muzzin's out. I think Columbus is actually very live to win this game, too, uh, since we're talking about it, a plus, plus 
plus 210. I just think, I don't think the Maple Leafs have any, any, they should not be favored by minus 250 here is what I'm trying to get out. I mean, obviously Toronto's the better team, but um, I, you know, with, with all the situation and them not playing well over the last couple of games, I think Columbus is a very live underdog. And like I said, those props at the very least, great to target uh, for this game where, you know, we're, we're predicted to have like seven plus goals. So. so I stayed away from this game specifically because I felt the same way that you just described. Like Toronto hasn't really been themselves these last couple of games and they're mm-hmm. on the second half of a back-to-back. I, I felt so much that Columbus could be a live dog tonight. So I'm glad that you said that. I just haven't pulled the trigger. If anybody who listens to the show knows me, and knows I'm indecisive <laughs> and I wait till the very last minute. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, I think we're getting, like I said, I, I just th- feel like the blue, the, the Leafs definitely a little bit overvalued. And I think the main reason is the Jackets are starting Jean-Francois Berube in net. Look, I mean, this guy's basically a backup in the AHL, but he looked really good in his first game. And, you know, normally if this was like Jack Campbell at the start of the year, sure, I, I'd probably be staying away. But Jack Campbell really doesn't deserve our respect right now. I think at the very least, you're going to see like a 6-5 game and it's going to be closer up to the very end. So I, I definitely think Blue Jackets are live dogs here. And potentially an over if you think that's the final, even though it is a seven. Gross. Um, Wild, big minus 230 favorites in Ottawa tonight. The goal total in that one, six. Any lean there? Yeah, I like the under in this one. Um, You know, the under is hit in 14 of the last 16 games that Ottawa's played. So Ottawa really been trending there. They're a little bit better defensive team than I think people realize. Anton Forsberg's been very good net for them. Uh, He's he's got a .928 save percentage over his last 10 starts. And I, this is an interesting spot, maybe just for the Senators to even just catch the Wild a little bit off guard. I mean, Minnesota's coming off a huge win over Edmonton. And I think that's very fresh in betters' minds right now. A lot of action coming in uh, on the Wild tonight. But I mean, that was a that was a you know a conference game, a big win over a conference opponent. This is a, on the road against Ottawa in the Eastern Conference, a team that's basically doing nothing this year. I think it's a letdown spot, and I really like the under in this one. Again, I mentioned that trend with Ottawa, too. So Minnesota's got solid goaltending. At the very least, we're going to get a a close game here, and, and I don't think a ton of goals. That's, I got to tell you, Jeff, I am just staying away from any wild games altogether. Every time I bet them, no matter which way it is, I'm a loser. So I'm just staying away from Minnesota (laughs) currently. Um, We've got St. Louis taking on Philadelphia, though, tonight. I contemplated backing the Blues in this one. It just felt like another really steep price for a team on the road. Then again, it is Philly that's lost five straight and hasn't been great. Um, The total in this one, six and a half goals at Wells Fargo Center. Yeah, I mean, look, we all have that NHL team we got to stay away from, so don't feel bad about it. I have like five, so um, <laughs> I, I like the over in this one. That's my favorite bet. I, I would probably stay away from St. Louis tonight, just straight up, or even on the puck line. Jordan Bennington starting. I mean, who knows what we're going to get from this guy? He's only played three times his last in the in the Blues' last thirteen games. He's put up a .824 save percentage in those three starts. He's been terrible. Uh, I do think the Blues are going to score a lot for him, though. Uh, they got Tarasenko back, full strength. And look, I mean, the Flyers offense hasn't been terrible. They're averaging about three goals per game over the last 10 games, too. So um, the, the overs hit in each of the last five Philadelphia Flyers games. I like the over. I know it's 6.5 goals, but I mean, we got two mm-hmm. terrible goalies, a full strength Blues offense. And, and I mean, the Flyers can score a bit, too. I, I think going over here is the play and I'd stay away probably just from the money lines. Let's talk a little bit of golf. The Honda Classic gets yeah. underway Thursday on Florida. I saw on DraftKings you had a nice little cheat sheet out there. Uh, PGA National, of course, one of the more difficult courses. What do betters need to know ahead of this event and maybe some names people should consider? 
Yeah, I mean, look, PGA National, one of the funnest, uh, you know, sort of just venues to watch on tour just because it's so tough. One of the toughest, always like a, a top five in terms of course difficulty. That means lots of doubles. Guys hitting it in the drink and the bear trap. So this has actually been more of a veteran-friendly course, though. Guys who can just grind out pars. You know, a lot of Open champions, U.S. Open champions have played well here. Padraig Harrington, Adam Scott. You can even go back further to, like, Jeff Ogilvy. So really looking at players who can grind it out and are coming in with good form, good all around, good around the green stats, good approach stats. Louis Ustase and fits that mold to a T. He's been hitting it well. He ranks up high. In, uh, around the green stats. And this guy is so overdue for a win. Oh my God. I mean, last time he won on the PGA Tour, he's actually only won on the PGA Tour once. It was the 2010 Open Champion. Somehow he's still 13th in the world, though. Louis is overdue, plus 1,600 on the DraftKings Sportsbook. I really like him for this venue. And we got some long shots. We've seen a lot of long shots hit at this venue. Russell Knox, plus 6,500. He's got top five finishes in a couple past uh, uh, appearances at the PGA National, too. And then if you want a long shot for a top 20, Sun Kang. My guy is at plus three, 30,000 in the odd, uh, outright odds, but plus 700 just to get a top. He's played better late too. It's electric. You are awesome. Thank you so much for helping get everybody set. Have a great day. Awesome. Thanks a lot, sorry. That's Jeff Ulrich of DraftKings. Make sure you check out that preview that he has on dknation.draftkings.com. Also, tomorrow on My Guys in the Desert, make sure you join us because the one and only legend himself, Brent Musburger, is going to be with us for the first half hour of the program. Going to be a great show. Lots of NFL to get into. And my guy loves talking hockey, so hopefully we'll get some VGK plays from Brent as well. Rush Hour and Danny Burke coming up on the other side of this break. Keep it locked, as always, right here on v the Sports Betting Network.